Okay, we are recording now. So last week I talked about responsibility out of Matthew 25. And, you know, our response is important. This, this afternoon I want to talk about responsibility. Oh, okay. What is our response? And I want to go to a couple passages that are really, really important for us. Our hearts especially. And how we take responsibilities for our life. For our decisions. And the question is, are you a person that takes responsibility? You know, you know what I've realized? I take responsibility a lot higher with, if, I'm, if I don't really know you very well. I want to give a good impression, so my, I, I'm very responsible. And then the people that I'm really, 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 really close to, I blame shift. I always blame Karen for everything. That's how I, it works out in my life. At home, my kids see it. They see it in Karen. They see it in me. They start to see the area of how well do I take responsibility. It's just like greed. Irresponsibility is really impossible to see in the mirror. But we can see it so fast in others. Isn't that interesting? I can, I can tell who's irresponsible. But the mirror doesn't reflect my irresponsibility. For example, bad grades. High school students, when you get bad grades, or, we, or you always hear, I'm so tired, I, I'm not sleeping enough. That's their responsibility. Right. And you know, the last thing we want to do, at least for me, is you know, to go around admitting irresponsibility, you know, responsibility. I don't go around admitting it. So we cover, we scramble, we hide, we stay silent. Because we live in a culture today with the increasing amount of irresponsibility. It's the art of creating great excuses. We live in a, in a society where it's the art of justifying ourselves. The art of blaming others. Or my favorite, the art, it's no big deal, Dad. I love that one. You know, a lot of us, and most of us, can have a posture of, I have a right to be irresponsible. Scary as it is, people tend to believe that sometimes. We think we have a, it's, it's no big deal to be irresponsible. Like you, you don't have the right to hold me accountable for my irresponsibility. People get offended sometimes when you just hold them accountable for things they want to do or, or things they said they do and they don't do it. You hold them accountable and then they're mad at you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But we get that a lot. We live in a society where what's rewarded gets repeated. You know, our country have children 40% of them, they grow up in a household without their dad. Can you believe that? 40% of kids. And you know what that does to the moms? It puts them in poverty, almost literally. And these are the men of our country. These are the dads. And 40% of their children don't live with them. We live in a society where divorce is now normal. Your kids go to school and it's normal out there. Yeah. 
Where the parents play the blame game on the kids? I got a relative who always, she, she's got iPhone when it came out four, and she, I think she's on iPhone 14 now. I mean, she gets the latest and the greatest. And my kids are like, why does she get this? Why do I have this iPhone and she has that iPhone? Because parents are trying to make up for their mistakes. She has the iPhone Z25X, fresh off Apple's conveyor belt. Because that's what they do when they want to make this right, when they did something wrong in their relationship. You know, our children are watching us. And they're watching us intently and how we react. It's funny because my kids always refer to my response when, it, when I try to challenge them on something, they go, well, Dad, you... And I was like, hmm, that's a good point, but we're not talking about me right now. But that's a great point. Let's talk about tomorrow. Anytime an individual, anytime a group of people act irresponsibly, someone else has to shoulder the burden for them. It's not neutral to be irresponsible. It has to be handled by somebody. Cleaning up after people... Karen, you know, she's a hero to me because, you know, there I am getting up out of bed, get, starting my day, leaving the bedroom, and I've left, a, you know, a, a wake of destruction. There she is cleaning up after me. And then she does, she holds into account. Make your bed. Then I heard a Navy SEAL says, the first thing in the morning you should do is make your bed. That's the first thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so right. He's so right. When I act irresponsibly, in essence, what I'm saying is I want someone else to clean up my mess, to take out the trash. When I act irresponsibly, it impacts everyone that's connected to it. You know, in our society, it's increasingly growing, this topic of being irresponsible. So I want to share with you a passage, a very famous passage. Look in your Bibles in Genesis chapter 1. That I want to look at this passage through the filter of irresponsibility. If you don't have your Bible with you, it's on the screen. It's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It's very interesting, so I want you to listen to the words because it's very fascinating when you look at it through that filter. Because if you don't believe the Bible... You have to appreciate the insight from this ancient book called Genesis. If you're, if you're not someone who doesn't go to church a lot or, you know, I'm not sure about the Bible, we have to appreciate this kind of literature because it gives us great insight into our human nature. So in, in chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created human beings in his own image, and in the image of, he, of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in numbers. All God said was, go and make some babies. Amen. That's what he said. Go and make. You don't need some law. Go make babies. You don't need the Ten Commandments. Go make babies. That's what he said to do. Before he gave the human race any laws. Before he gave the, the, the Israelites the Ten Commandments. God gave them responsibility. Before there was sin in the world, He gave them responsibility. 
We are the followers of Jesus. We are the disciples of Jesus. And we've been given a responsibility to go and love people. That is our mission. And we call it mission love. To go and love others. In fact, this week is the week to go do that. This is the week to go and love somebody. This is not a week to be irresponsible. This is a week to focus. That's why I wanted to have this topic because it's important because we can be like, yeah, mission love, mission love, mission love. And man, what's on Netflix? And we forget about the mission. And we start thinking mentality, oh, there's no midweek. Oh, yeah, we get, no, no. It's a week to say, let's go love people. Amen. So he says, fill the earth, go have babies, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Yeah, that means you can go hunting, you can go fishing, you can grow your own food. That's lots of responsibility. You know, when I go hunting with Mike Watterson, it's always, uh, I'm always complaining, to be honest. Um, Mike never complains. Mike just does stuff. He's just kind of one of those guys that, you know, you think God's in the military. He just does stuff. And I'm like, why is this so heavy? Why is this so far? And he always gives me a great example to say, what I'm going through is not so bad. If we were in Arkansas, you would have to walk three miles into, into some muddy terrain. And then if his ducks aren't there, then you've got to march up this hill another mile. And I'm like, okay, I get the point. Hunting. Back then, that's what they did for food. They hunted. God said the earth is your responsibility. Take good care of it. And then in verse 29. And by the way, the food that you hunt is actually good. Like it's good food. Like duck is good, right? Pheasants. All kinds of good stuff. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant. I know some of you are grossed out by the duck hunting, but here's a scripture for you right here. I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they'll be yours for food. So the vegans are happy too. You can be happy. See, God gave you food to eat as well. And when people take responsibility for the things that they're responsible for, beginning with themselves, you don't need many rules. That's a good point. You don't need many rules. When I start giving rules in my house, that's because people are being irresponsible. Hint, hint, my kids. Hint, hint, Geo. But we don't need rules when responsibility is high. Because God is expecting us to be responsible. So here's the principle. God created you to be responsible. You are the happiest when you've been given a responsibility and you are happy when you feel like you've been doing a good job in your responsibility. You're a happy person. It's hard to find a happy, irresponsible person. I've met people who are happy when they're responsible. I meet happy wives. You know why they're happy? Because they're respecting their husband. I meet happy husbands. You know why? Because they're loving their wife. And when a, when a husband loves and a wife respects, man, magical things happen. It's amazing. But I've also met people who make an incredible case for why it's, why it's not their fault. 
I see this brother every day who says that. I see him every day in the bathroom mirror. He's there. Because my deepest heart of hearts, I don't want to take responsibility. It's easier to shift. It's easier to say, my mother traumatized me. She probably did, but still. I can't hide behind my upbringing anymore. But that was a good one for years, though. It worked for years, but no longer works. So creation, this is a creation account in Genesis. Satan comes and deceives Eve, and she eats the fruit. Adam was with her. They both sinned. They both felt ashamed. They both felt they were naked. And so here's this famous conversation between God and the first humans. Uh, It's in Genesis chapter 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. That's funny the way they reacted. They, it's kind of silly, but there's God, they hear him, and then they hide. They're like avoiding responsibility. There's, if he doesn't see me, he won't know I'm here. You ever know someone that stays silent until they're specifically asked a question? You know someone like that? Where they'll be like, Who, it has to be specifically asked them to go, okay, that was me. That's me. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from that tree that I commanded you not to eat from? In other words, Adam, I am now holding you accountable. I gave you responsibility. I just gave you one rule. Lots of responsibility. Just one rule. And this is a moment of truth. And there is that moment of truth that we all have experienced or will experience when someone holds us accountable to something. It's the moment of truth for Adam. And God asked Adam, have you eaten from that tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And Adam said, yes, I did it. I take full responsibility for my actions. Do with me as you will, Lord. Leave Eve out of this. It's my fault. For those of you that are not smiling and laughing, it's because you don't read the Bible much. Because that is the opposite of what happened. Adam does not react like that. Adam does nowhere near say that. Here's what Adam says. The man said, the woman, you, put here with me. I didn't ask for a woman. Didn't even know what a woman was. It was just me and the animals. Kind of like that. We were doing just fine. Then you had to go steal my rib. And you made this woman. And look at the mess. Look at the chaos. God, this isn't my fault. This is your fault. Leave me out of this. She gave me some fruit from the tree. And I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman... What is this you have done? 
The woman said, it's my responsibility. It's my... No, it's not what she said. She said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. You know what irresponsibility does? It actually creates conflict. Yeah. It creates conflict. I'm going to give you some areas where the conflict, maybe you can relate to it. The area of finances. Because like last week, God's going to come, in, he's going to come back to settle accounts. And God, well, he may ask you this question. Have you spent the money to honor me on yourself? And that's conflict in a household because someone in the house wants to honor God and the other doesn't. Sometimes it's the husband who wants to honor, the wife doesn't. Sometimes it's the wife who does and the husband doesn't. And so now there's conflict. I came across this quote today that said, give according to your income. At least God make our income according to your giving. And I thought, wow. He's going to come to settle accounts one day. How about the era of parenting? Have you been parenting? Or have you been putting your children first? Because in, in a family, husband and wife are first. Amen. God, spouse, children. And sometimes our children may want to take first place. In the area of faith, have you been putting your trust in someone else? Trust in your riches. Trust in others. You know, we got an amazing children's ministry. Do we not? Yeah. We have some of the greatest teachers in the room, all three of them. It's a joke, but we have fewer and fewer teachers wanting to get, be in the class with the children. So I'm going to have to bring them up to church one day and show you what amazing kids they are. Because once you see their faces, you're going to be like, sign me up. <laughs> but sometimes it's a church's responsibility as a disciples to teach the next generation. Yep. They're next. You're going to be old in a church. We want them to be in the church. Because whenever we act irresponsibly, we're making someone else shoulder the burden. Because it's not neutral and it's not individual. It's a family. It's a community thing. But it goes even deeper. Irresponsibility creates not only conflict, but it creates conflict in us. And here's what I mean. That sometimes we have a guilt, a weight that we carry into these relationships because we know we've been irresponsible. And we start to avoid people going, ooh, ah, I disappointed them. I feel shame. I feel guilt. And we start to distance ourselves because we've been irresponsible. And we see disappointments on the faces of our friends. And so we tend to isolate ourselves. So it actually creates conflict within us. You rarely see people smile after they blame their way out of something. Where there's blame, there's often shame. There's, connect, there's a connection there. Here's an example of a, of a passage in the New Testament of what, where people should have taken some more responsibility and these are the, these are the leaders of the, the Jerusalem church. The disciples were there. Judas had betrayed Jesus. He got money for the betrayal and Judas goes, man, I, 
I did, I did, I did Jesus wrong. And he goes to return the money. And he, and he tries to give the money back to the men who bribed him. And their response is, what is that to us? That's your responsibilities. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. Judas knew he was responsible for the truth. I don't condone what he did. But the attitude of even the leaders of that ministry at that time didn't take responsibility. You know, sometimes it's hard as your minister to take a lot of responsibility. But we have to do it. It's, it's our responsibility. We've been given the task. Are we perfect? No. Do we strive in humility? Yes. But you and I both know it is a tough pill to swallow when you find yourself to be irresponsible and someone holds you account. It's, it's kind of hard to swallow sometimes. Mm-hmm. But those that swallow it and those that learn from it grow the most. Amen. They grow. They learn. There is something in all of us that just wants to avoid it. And that's where it started in the garden. That's why I like that story. Not to justify myself, but to say, hey, th- this is an ancient sinful nature of ours. We can become like lawyers and make excuses why we, don't, we can't find a steady job, why we don't exercise, why we don't have a relationship with our kids, why I had the affair, why I'm financially drowning, why I'm breaking my word without taking responsibility, why I'm so tired, why am I blaming and blaming, 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 blaming. Let the blame begin. That's what we do. So here's what I want us to do. Okay. I want you to listen to yourself and specifically listen for blame. Listen for blame. So pay close attention to the excuses that you make for yourself. Mm. That's going to require like self-reflection. because this is hard, guys. It's not easy. <laughs> this is not easy. You're going to be like, okay, I- I've already done it three times a day. I mean, you, got, you just got to catch yourself making excuses. Yeah. Like, I made a great excuse to, while I was going to the drive-thru of McDonald's today. I made a fantastic excuse. I didn't want to do it, but it was convenient. That was my excuse. It was I could have been like, I could have muscled it through to dinner. Probably would have shed two extra pounds, but no. Not Gio. <laughs> Gio said, oh, it's right there. And then, the, you know, they, they, they throw that fan in there. They throw the, <laughs> the fan is what kills it. You drive by and it's just like, it's like muscle memory. I'm just doing the, <laughs> and I'm in there and I'm shelling out my dollars. Try to find the most protein thing I can find on the menu. That was another excuse. Well, if I'm here, might as well eat protein that's fried deeply. So already today, I have done things that I tell myself I don't want to do, but I find myself doing them. And I was making excuses. So I'm already, I'm already in it. So there's going to be external ones where people are, are saying something to you. There's going to be internal ones where you're self-talking. The reason why I didn't do this or that. Or the reason why I lied and didn't step up. But in every conflict that occurs because of irresponsibility, ask yourself, what is my part? What is my part in what happened? 
because I didn't, I didn't, I was irresponsible or I didn't take responsibility. What's your, because it takes two, right? So here's what you do. Once you realize those two things, you own it and you learn from it. You don't have to feel shame. Just own it and learn. When you want to feel shame and you try to go into the shame category and stay there, all you're doing is creating more worldly sorrow and self-pity for yourself. And that gets you nowhere. You can't, you can't escape that. That leads to spiritual death. What you want to do is just own it. And then learn from it. And then get back after it. As my man Jocko Willink says on his podcast, get after it. Get up and get after it. I have to listen to podcasts just to, get, just to fire me up in the car. Get after it. Do it. Because this week is mission love. Amen. So let's say, oh, oh, I have not planned to get with anyone this week. Hey, it's not too late. The fact that we're talking about this, the topic, the topic that you're realizing, I have not done anything. I've not. It's just to get you activated. Start thinking about your mission. Because you were created to be responsible. We have a mission, and that mission is to love people. Amen. And there's no greater mission than that. Amen. It means to focus on someone. I've been focusing on my friend, focusing. I invited him to, I sent him a link to the daddy-daughter dance. He's got three daughters. I sent him a link, and had another link, a little reminder, a little love, a little encouragement, and he signed up. Yeah. Like, yeah. It works. Just being loving works. Now, I've invited him before many, 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 many times. And he never, 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 never came. And I think the difference was because I've been loving him and encouraging him and right. telling him how much I care about him. Right. How, I've just been saying encouraging things. Right. It's like the eighth one I've invited him to. And he's not he's like, he's like, I'm in, I'm coming. I'm like, yes. And that's why I firmly believe that if you love people, they will open their heart and their ears to you. They truly will. Just like you experience it here in church. And that is our mission. Our mission is to love and to take responsibility for what God has given us. Thank you. That concludes our service. Have a fantastic, fantastic afternoon.